0: Welcome to The Thrive TV Show with Lauren Parsons, helping you boost your health, energy, and productivity. Kia ora Thank you so much for joining me for this very special episode of The Thrive TV Show, where I'm celebrating becoming this year's Educator of the Year and Keynote Speaker of the Year. And I just wanted to share a bit about the behind the scenes journey towards this point. Uh, lots of people have been asking me you know, a bit about how the awards are judged, how did it all happen. I also want to share a bit of my backstory, even how I got into speaking, and perhaps most of all share with you my top three tips if you would like to be a better speaker and communicator. So I hope that uh, you'll enjoy this session together a little bit different to my normal interview podcasts. Uh, if you're watching on the Thrive TV show.com, you better see the awards here. If you're listening and online, you won't be able to see them. You know, if you're driving, then please don't. <laughs> uh, but here we are. So Educator of the Year 2023-24 and Keynote Speaker of the Year, twenty twenty three to twenty four. So these are awarded by the Professional Speakers Association of New Zealand, and uh, obviously I was so thrilled to receive not just one but both of these top awards. Uh, just an incredible evening in Auckland together with all my fellow professional speakers. So they're open to anyone that's a member of the Professional Speakers Association, which is you know open to all. Professional speakers around the country and um, yeah as I said I wanted to sort of share a bit about how the awards actually happen so essentially people are nominated or entered and uh, then after that you're required to send in a whole lot of information so I had to send in uh, a list of speaking engagements and clients had to actually provide contact details for five recent clients so they could reach out to them contact them um, have a chat with them hear what they really thought of me I also had to send in a full-length presentation that, that the judges watched and reviewed. also had to send in a whole of info about my um, my processes, the behind the scenes of my business, but about why I do what I do, what's unique about me, other courses and books and other offerings that I have, and also send in things like my marketing materials, my speaking info kit. And essentially the judges were looking for professionalism and excellence. Uh, the judging panel It's really interesting and really pleased to even hear this afterwards, actually. It's um, international judges that are all CSPs, what's called Certified Speaking Professionals, so from other professional associations from around the world. So huge thanks to everyone, anyone out there that has been or or was a a judge. Um, i know, sure a lot of work goes into it, and these guys volunteer to do this. And so, um, so really great to hear that it was actually two different panels. They have a panel for Educator of the Year and then a different panel of different people that actually judge and award um, Speaker of the Year as well. So huge thanks to everyone behind the scenes. And so what they're looking for, as I say, is really professionalism, not in just in the way that you deliver watching the video, but from hearing that feedback from clients and customers. I'm looking at your business systems and you know, I'm absolutely thrilled because obviously a huge amount of effort goes into my business. I'm really passionate about what I do and I love what I do, but I also um and I think professionalism is kind of my middle name. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, Am I too professional? But I do, I take it really seriously. And I really want to guarantee that if someone books me in as a speaker, that they have complete peace of mind that I know that from start to finish, that it's going to go really smoothly, that I'm going to look after their their team, their audience, just bring a real positive um, session to their conference or their team, but not just that, you know, not waste people's time, absolutely deliver value, absolutely hit the brief, you know, I work really hard back and forth with customers and clients to make sure that the key outcomes they want are what they get. So, you know, I think That's probably, and from what I've heard, and also the judges actually gave us some amazing feedback and uh, the awards convener, Claire Feeney, she actually typed up and gave us um, a copy of all of the feedback from all of the judges, which has been amazing. So again, thank you for that. I've got some um, good feedback to think about what can I do to level up and be even better, Um, but really nice to hear the things that they shared about, yeah, about professionalism, about um, the follow-through, a lot of things that I do before and after a session that I put in place to guarantee that that session goes well. So really thrilled and um, yeah, really exciting to be part of the process. So um, the next question I want to answer is, you know, what does this mean now? So essentially it means that I have these lovely, gorgeous awards to keep. Um, If you're listening and not watching on the TV version of the show, there are actually some beautiful glass blown um, and they're mine to keep, which is wonderful. So I will treasure those, but most importantly, For me, it really means that I want to live up to this. I want to keep learning. I want to keep listening. I want to keep getting better and better and better. Uh, So just working on my craft, really, and thinking about what are the ways that I can get better. And actually, the night that this was awarded was at our PSA and Speaker's Summit. And so we'd had a full day of learning with Keith Abraham, amazing speaker from Australia, So I've taken away so much from Keith already and actually put quite a few things into action and I have an action plan of more things to do just to, yeah, just to deliver even more value. So I'll just keep aiming to get better and better and most of all really just serving people, hoping that I can do an even better job of, you know, touching hearts and minds and making a difference in people's lives. That's what it's all about. Uh, I thought I'd also share a bit of my story of how I got into speaking, because you know, sometimes people ask me about this, like, where did you actually start? So, well, I think all the way back, like way back when, probably a key part of the journey was um, when I went to university. I, I, You might know that I came from being the shy, unsporty kid at school, but when I went to uni, I followed my friends and joined the gym, and one day a friend dragged me along to an aerobics class, and even though I was nervous to go, I gave it my best shot, and I found it was a bit of fun, and so when they said, if you want to be an instructor, just come and see us afterwards, I did, Uh, and so I went along, I did the instructor training course, and before I knew it, I was at the front teaching, and that was really amazing, life-changing, and I often share that message of, you know, I really believe we are all capable of more than we first imagined, because that was certainly true for me. I discovered that I actually could do this, I could actually teach aerobics, and I would never have believed that, you know, perhaps six months prior to that happening. So just remember, you are capable of more than you can imagine, right? Uh, so anyhow, the that, um, that process, I guess, of instructor training program then you know being up the front being bright red in the face not just because I was exhausted (laughs) from trying to talk and do step aerobics but also being in that position where you had to draw people's attention you had to keep them engaged you had to motivate them you had to like you know do all the movements to just the highest standard because if you're doing aerobics and you want people to reach even up to here you know you've got to be up here right so that taught me a whole lot of skills and built my confidence in being able to even just step up in front of a group of people. But then later on, when I was um, working, uh, we got married, we moved down to Christchurch and I was working in a gym called Pro Fitness. Really amazing, incredible gym, amazing people there, particularly my boss at the time, Steve Barry, huge mentor to me, really, really, um, yeah, been an amazing encouragement, It's taught me so much. And he, when I was there, I um, I moved from being the customer service manager to the club manager to the HR manager of both of our clubs. They had two centers. So we had about 100 staff, several thousand members. Um, But then Steve said, hey, would you like to come and transfer over and work for me here at this new joint venture that I'm opening? It's called the New Zealand College of Fitness, which had been open for a little while by that point. And so he actually asked me to join the team. And it was a real... Kind of head heart decision. I was like, what shall I do? Shall I stay in my comfortable management leadership role where I know what I'm doing and I've got this salary, or shall I actually take a pay cut and head over here to something new and become a lecturer, or as the, the um, actual title on our name tags was presenter of fun and laughter? And so, as you might guess, I decided to follow my heart and to take quite a big step out of my comfort zone and become a presenter of fun and laughter at the New Zealand College of Fitness. And it was the most amazing place to work. We had incredible professional development around speaking skills. So it wasn't just, okay, here's what you've got to teach, here's anatomy, physiology, nutrition, it was how do we share this in ways that's uplifting, uh, using ad- advanced adult learning techniques to really anchor and hook the information so that it stuck. So we would teach things, you know, through songs and dance and rhyme, uh, and we'd get our students up and moving every 20 minutes. So a lot of the things that I learned there have stuck with me right throughout my speaking career. And I've just, you know, used a lot of those skills and tools over and over again. So I'm very thankful for that. And that was kind of where it started. And then my husband, Mori you may know, is in the New Zealand Army. And so because of that, we have moved around quite a lot. We will, we've been married 20 years this year. And by the end of this year, we will have moved 15 times. Uh, and six of those have been international moves. So because of that, a lot of moving around. I actually moved away from doing personal training because it's quite challenging to start over and you know build up your whole business from scratch. It's also yeah, there's challenges with, <laughs> with it, doing that with speaking as well. Uh, but I became really passionate about speaking to groups, and I started to love the interaction and um, and, and the feedback I was getting, and just started to refocus really on how can I get better and better at this, and found that actually you know, helping not just one person, but helping a whole team to look at how they can thrive and helping whole leaders with their whole organizations. How can we create thriving workplaces? That's really, you know, where my passion is now. Uh, So I've essentially been um, partly through just self-taught, through watching amazing speakers and learning, Uh, but also there's things like Toastmasters have played a big part, Professional Speakers Association has played a big part and just learning as I've gone. So that perhaps leads into the next thing I want to share with you, which is a bit about, you know, what advice would I give if you want to become a better speaker or communicator? And this will be relevant whether you are or want to be a professional speaker or if you just want to be better at getting your point across in meetings or in conversations. Yeah, is that okay? So the first thing that comes to mind is I highly, highly recommend that you head to Toastmasters, just Google Toastmasters online and go to the find a club and find where your local Toastmasters clubs are and go ahead and visit them. There are also lots of online clubs. So if you, if it's tricky getting out to a club locally, you can join an online club via Zoom. And the, the great thing about Toastmasters is it gives you opportunities in this really super supportive environment to go in and practice your speaking skills and the more that you practice the better you get as long as you're getting quality feedback and that's what Toastmasters is all about there's lots I didn't know about Toastmasters before I first joined it was actually a friend who was a professional speaker and a really amazing speaker who told me she went along to Toastmasters and I was kind of surprised I was like oh I thought that was just for beginners Like I thought it was just about people wanting to get better at saying a speech at their daughter's wedding or something like that you know Uh, but no actually Toastmasters is absolutely for anyone whether you're a beginner never spoken in your life or you're a great professional speaker uh, and obviously you can contribute in different ways and, and get different things out of it but for me it's been an amazing space one to make great friends like I first joined when we moved to Canberra Australia I joined the Toastmasters Club and I uh, loved it being there I've been members of clubs in Ottawa Canada and around New Zealand and Every go, there's this structure that is very Toastmasters-esque and it just makes you feel at home. It's lovely. People are great. Um, It's a really positive, uplifting place. But what they do well is that everything that happens in a meeting, it gets evaluated. So for example, if you're introducing someone's speech and then they come up and speak and then you're evaluating them, at the end of the meeting, you get evaluated on how well you did in introducing them and evaluating them. And so everything is um, is evaluated. The other thing they do is they time everything. So you actually hear how long you take to do each thing and you get better at being more concise. Less words, more powerful. So, so often. I think it was that saying by Cicero, wasn't it, that um, if I'd had more time, I would have written a shorter letter, right? <laughs> I think Mark Twain once said, yeah, I can, um, if you want me to do a two-hour talk, I could do that tomorrow. You want me to do a five-minute talk, then give me a couple of weeks to prepare. And I've certainly found that as a speaker. I've done some five-minute talks, and I recall one that I did, um, a five-minute talk in a high school assembly, it had to be, you know, minute to minute, just five minutes, And I think i put about 30 hours of work refining it, refining it, refining it. Anyhow, Toastmasters, find your local club, join it. If you want to be a professional speaker, also join your professional speakers association. So PSA and Z in New Zealand, CAPS in Canada, NSA, any of those, whatever the local one is. Highly recommend it. And the more you practice, the better you'll get. As long as you listen for and take on board that feedback. Other people will notice things that we just can't notice ourselves. Second thing I would say is focus on making sure your message and everything you do is really audience centric. Uh, So again, you know, whether this is live on a stage, professional speaking, or it's just in a meeting, think about who's your audience and what matters to them. You've got to understand the WFM factor, which is the what's in it for me. Um, And essentially, you've got to assume that nobody cares. You know, like I know that's kind of hard to hear, but because you've probably got this awesome message or this awesome idea that you want to put forward, but actually you've got to assume that nobody cares and you've got to take those assumptions and really lay out for people why they should listen to you. Like a great formula in the first 20 seconds is to share why you're sharing what you're sharing, why you're a great person to share what you're sharing and why they should care about what you're talking about right now. So, I mean, hopefully I did an okay job with that. At the start of today, I mentioned that I was going to be sharing about journey, sharing a bit of the story of reaching these awards and how they came about and sharing some tips for you on speaking. So perhaps if you didn't hear about the story, maybe you'd be here for the tips. So that's what we're in right now. So it doesn't matter actually what you want to share. Uh, It's really egocentric to prepare a speech or a talk based on what it is that you want to share. As amazing as it might be, you've got to actually flip it to think, what does my audience need to hear? what's important to them what do they care about and not understand just what their demographics are but what are the psychographics of your audience so as a professional speaker you really need to research that and and try and you know as much as you can put yourself in their shoes picture what might be important to them and even ask them find out if you can and then you structure everything that you do around that. So rather than coming at it from what do I want to share, you think, what do they need to hear? What do I want them to take away? What's the key way that I want people to feel at the end of my talk? What's the key thing that I want them to do? What's the key thing I want them to know and remember? And, you know, if you can cover those things and and focus on connecting with people, which obviously if you're audience-centric, then you'll be able to, then you'll have so much more impact. So, and again, just taking it back to, let's say you're presenting an idea in a meeting, what's important to people in the room? What's not important? What are the objections you might need to overcome? Think about that beforehand. You'll be a better communicator. Now, here's a fun one. Key thing we need to do to be great great communicators is to be able to share fantastic stories. Now, you might have noticed I've already shared a couple of stories, and I've shared a bit of story of me um, working at the College of Fitness, of going to the gym, and you know, I'm I probably done the, the best example of, you know, really deeply engaging stories. I haven't really prepared them for this. I'm just speaking off the cuff. But one of the things that you need to understand is that people people are tuned in for stories. If you just go and you've got 10 points that you want to make and you just make them, they might be the 10 most brilliant points in the world that could absolutely change people's lives if they follow them. But if you don't have an engaging story that anchors each one, then people are going to forget it and they're going to switch off during the talk. Whereas if you can share the story that builds up to the why and then you share, boom, there's my point, that's what I'm making it, then people will take that away. Uh, so again, I hope that I've done a good example of that today. I think I've done that <laughs> to a certain extent. And certainly if you go and watch my TED Talk, if you Google Lauren Parsons TED Talk or Google snack on Exercise. TED talk you'll see that in those 17 minutes I think I share I think it's seven different stories and I can recall you know working with my coach Terry Kingston's another tip is have a speaking coach if you really want to get good uh, Terry Kingston was my speaking coach who I worked with on my TED talk she specializes in that she's amazing she's based in Ottawa and as we were driving down you know to New York and as we were practicing in our accommodation I can recall her getting me to walk out and start as if I was speaking she's like no mucking around no sort of silly little thing No, nope. she got me to start over again when I sort of laughed for the first time you know because of the pressure but she got me to actually deliver it as if it was the real thing and as we'd worked on the speech she got me to weave in more and more stories and she always talked about show don't tell Lauren show don't tell Don't just tell people what they need to do show them with a story And so if you watch that talk, you know, try and just sort of make ticks in the margin, see how many you can count of those stories, see if you catch them all. Some of them are just very short anecdotes and some are full, fully developed stories. Ideally, you want your story to have the characters developed, to use all the senses, you know, describe the beautiful smell of the freshly baked chocolate chip cookies that just came out of the oven when you walked into the room and you told your mum that news and the look on her face. And you know, and and think about the emotion. I mean, I'm just making that up, cuff. but if you can think about the senses, so what you could smell, what you could hear, what you could see, what you felt, all of those things add to your stories. And then the key thing is your story needs to wrap into what is the key point. Okay, so don't just share points. That's boring. Don't just share stories. That's kind of pointless. Combine them together and you've got a great formula. So those are the key things, practice, 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 draw in a local Toastmasters clubs so you can practice lots, make it audience centric, share great stories and the last thing I would say is decide what do you want to be known for, what's the message you're most passionate about sharing, what's the thing you want to be most known for talking about. If you know me, uh, you may know that I'm all about helping create positive, energized workplaces. Uh, I work with a lot of leaders, so I do a lot of leadership development around that, but I also work with teams and motivating team sessions. But either way, whatever the medium is, whether that's, again, a keynote at a conference, an in-house workshop, an online course and coaching or mentoring, You can do all those different mediums, but what's the key thing that you focus on? So for me, it's creating positive, energized workplaces. So if you look at my TED Talk, you'll see it's very positive, uplifting the way it's delivered. I literally get you up and moving. Um, Whenever I speak, usually within the first 60 seconds, I'll have the audience up and moving. Because we need to have a physiological experience as well. Uh, you know nothing more boring than just sitting and listening especially if someone's in a conference all day long and all the other speakers have just had people sitting and listening and sitting and listening so I get people experiencing things um, it also ties in you know really well for all of those kinesthetic learners only a very small portion of learners are auditory a lot of us are visual learners or a kinesthetic learners so if you can find Interesting examples of things that you can get your audience doing—that's going to get them experience experiencing the feeling you want them to feel, or perhaps jolting them into some sort of what we call an ink spot, like an "I never knew that" ink. I-N-K. I never knew this. Oh, you know, get them to experience something new. So, if you can practice, if you can focus on an audience, if you can. Really, really tell amazing stories, and understand the key thing that you want to be known for, and just really focus on honing your craft and sticking to that lane. Then you'll absolutely go places as a speaker. You know, and you if you even if you don't want to be a professional speaker, but perhaps in your workplace, you want to be a better communicator, perhaps to to move into a different leadership role in your organization. You can use all of those skills as well. Uh, I really love Kendra Hall's um, info on storytelling. I heard her speak once at the Toastmasters International Conference. So look up her book, Kendra Hall. I think it's Secrets with Stories. Certainly it's a book around stories. Apologies, can't recall the title. Uh, But she has got some great content out there about how to craft and why you need to craft great stories. Um, sort of a little side bonus one I would say is if you really do want to get serious have a coach as well I've worked with different speaking coaches over time I've worked with like a, um, a vocal and performance coach I've worked with a TED coach I've worked with different done different workshops and there's just always something to learn so never stop learning Last thing, last question I want to answer is what's next. So, what's come up next? Now, obviously, really thrilled to have this, uh, these beautiful awards in my, you know, what will be my trophy cabinet. Uh, you may know already the story that our home was fully flooded earlier this year in February when Cyclone Gabrielle hit and the the river burst its banks. And you know, within an hour, muddy water was flowing into my home. And fortunately, my husband and I were home and were able to. Uh, rescue a few precious items and get up on the roof with the cat and get rescued on a tractor. Uh, but here we are still in our rental home. We're about to move home very, very soon after this episode is. Uh, so that's one thing that will be changing for me, moving back home, which I absolutely cannot wait for. It's been a real lesson in patience <laughs> this year. Patience is not something I'm well known for, um, but certainly one thing this year has shown me is that, you know, these, these Live Well principles, i here, the live well principles that I talk about, uplift your thoughts, nourish your body, invigorate, strengthen, restore, these things and the 32 pillars that underpin them, they really do work. That's the thing this year has shown me, you know, having an attitude of gratitude, focusing on my sleep, staying active, you know, focusing on what we can control. I've had to use every single tip that I share about well-being and resilience, absolutely had to apply it hard this year for myself, uh, but we nearly through that which is amazing and um, so next year we'll be back home be settled reset up able to refocus um, next coming up as well um, this year you might know that I brought up my book thriving leaders thriving teams and that again this covers off those live well principles the whole first half of the book is how to help you thrive personally how to stop languishing and start flourishing and then the second half is that leadership model so I do have some new ideas for another book, you know, the next book to come. Um, I'm certainly not someone that just turns out a book every year. I really, you know, like taking the time to to research, to thoroughly write, to edit, 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 um, and get professional editing done so that my books are really quality. But I do have two different ideas for a book for next year, so we'll see. Might start working on that in the new year. Um, The other exciting thing that I'm really thrilled is that my mother-in-law, Robin Pierce, who's known as the Time Queen, she is actually stepping down and retiring after a hugely successful career, um, specializing in time management and productivity, and she's developed a whole suite of programs um, called Getting a Grip. So if you head to gettingagrip.com, you are going to see her amazing programs. She's actually still working through until the end of January. Uh, and then from February onwards, I'm going to be taking over and um, offering those programs. So getting a grip on time is her main one. And then there's also getting a grip on meetings, on planning and prioritizing, on paper and email war, uh, and on delegation. So all things that I already cover, because as you know, I love helping leaders find that sweet spot between both well-being and productivity. So productivity has always been huge for me, and I've learned so much from Robin that I've integrated into um, what I share and I often refer back to her. Uh, so now it's a real privilege for her to be kind of handing over the reins of her speaking business uh, to continue helping people master their time challenges, really get over procrastination, stop running late for things. Stop feeling like you're dropping the ball on important things and actually get clarity and focus so you know you're doing the right things at the right time. So as you can tell I love this stuff so I'm going to be I guess expanding that area of my business as well so really excited about that and the other thing actually I'm doing next year is revamping and really improving my Thrive partnership program so if you haven't heard of that that's my 12-month program that combines together um, workshops for the full staff team as well as leadership development so that's often a piece that's missing you know sometimes organizations get me into do some workshops for the team but actually we need to have some leadership development going on so that we creating more of an organizational change so that's what I love about this program you know it's got weekly communication going on it's got a content library for staff and their families we train up well-being champions internally for teams so we're revamping um, certain aspects of the program just to streamline them, make them even better. I've been really trying to listen to feedback from my current and existing clients that are taking part in that. So improving it for them. And I've got two more spots for new organizations. So yeah, if that interests you at all, then feel free to reach out. Happy to have a chat if you would like to find out about applying to become one of those partnership clients. I've got yeah two spots for 2024. Um, So exciting to be doing that. So again, essentially, more of the same, but just aiming to get better. Obviously, I feel like I've got a lot to live up to now that I have these awards. Uh, If people book in, you know, the keynote speaker of the year, the educator of the year, then I want to make sure that I'm delivering. So Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I hope that you've got some value out of this episode, whether that's inspired you with your own speaking journey or whether you're just interested to hear the behind the scenes. So thankful to all of you, my loyal listeners and supporters and podcast subscribers. Love you to pieces. Couldn't do what I do if it wasn't for you guys. So thank you so much. This award is ours to share and celebrate together. So... That's been another episode of The Thrive TV Show. Look out for something different next time. got an exciting interview coming up and you go out and thrive. Thank you for listening to The Thrive TV Show with Lauren Parsons. Visit thrivetvshow.com to access the show notes and discover our fantastic bonus content. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next inspiring episode.